Welcome to Hot Flashes and Cool Topics Podcast, the voice for women in midlife and beyond. At Hot Flashes and Cool Topics, we talk about anything and everything to do with midlife. My name is Colleen. My name is Bridget. February is American Heart Month, and as many women know that heart disease is the number one killer of women, so we thought it was important to highlight this topic during the month of February. So we invited Wakisha Stewart. She goes by Keisha, who is an author of a new book called Sonata for a Damaged Heart, A Young Mother's Journey of Survival After a Near-Fatal Heart Attack. And she is going to share the story of being two weeks postpartum, 31 years old, and having a widowmaker heart attack. And I think the part that really gives me chills beyond the fact that she was so young to have the heart attack was that when she went to the hospital, they told her she was having anxiety from leaving her child, which unfortunately, it shouldn't shock us, but it does. Right, Bridget? Oh, that that made me furious. Um, Keisha had what you're going to find out is called SCAD, and that's spontaneous coronary artery dissection. And that's a tear in your blood vessel. Uh, that's on its way to the heart or in the heart, and it can be fatal. And when she talks about she had to wait 30 minutes, the person, first of all, the receptionist tells her, you're having a panic attack. Go home. Yeah, she has to wait. And she had to insist that she wanted to be seen. But she had a nursing assistant background, and she later became a nurse, that she was told to wait. She waited 30 minutes. The interesting thing that you'll find out in this conversation is how Hormones play a role with heart health, and it's not just being postpartum, but it can be menopausal too. So there's a relationship there between the two. And it's just a story that unfortunately we hear often that either women, you know, ignore the symptoms because our symptoms don't always mirror men's symptoms. And we justify, oh, well, if you're busy, I'm probably, you're right, I'm probably just having a panic attack. And it could save your life to advocate for yourself. So this is a really important story. And we want to thank Keisha for sharing it. And we're so happy to say that she's healthy. She had another baby after that. She's in her 40s now. And she talks about dealing with it after the fact and how the PTSD from having the heart attack lingered for quite some time. We are also want to make you aware that as Bridget and I just became aware of this, that our podcast on Spotify has not been downloading episodes for months and months. Bridget and I were blissfully ignorant of that fact, thinking that it was <laughs> going May. on Since yeah, May. on all yeah. platforms. And we just found out. So we are working with Spotify to get it back up on there and we will have it done as quickly, quickly as we can. But we apologize to anyone who has... Um, had to find us somewhere else because you should be able to find Hot Flashes on Cool Topics on all podcast platforms. Let's get started to talking to Keisha as she shares her story. Welcome back to Hot Flashes on Cool Topics. Today we have on Keisha Stewart and Keisha's book has just launched. It's called Sonata for a Damaged Heart, A Young Mother's Journey of Survival After a Near Fatal Heart Attack. Welcome to the show, Keisha. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Um, thank you for giving me this opportunity to spread a little bit of awareness and um, to speak about my book, because you're right. So many women need to know, and so many women don't. Yes, it's it's amazing. Reading your book, you know, you were so young when this incident happened to you. Can you share, I know we don't have all day to share, but a little bit briefly, what happened to you and what SCAD is? Yes, so SCAD uh, stands for Spontaneous Coronary Artery Dissection. 
So in layman's terms, an artery in my heart actually tore. Um, there's different degrees of SCAD. Some women have a slight tear, which is able to heal just by medication and rest, while others, unfortunately, can go into cardiac arrest and pass away from it um, or have a heart attack from it, which is what happened to me. Usually it affects women. I think roughly about 90% of cases are in women. However, men can be affected as well. It usually hits women who are, um, you know, in that area of their life when they're getting ready to have kids or going into perimenopause, menopause, where hormones fluctuate a lot. Um, so in my case, when I was 31, back in 2011, uh, two weeks after I gave birth to my second child, and it was a normal pregnancy, other than the fact that I had gestational diabetes and he was big. <laughs> uh, so two weeks out, we went to a friend's house for a dinner party. And that particular day, I was feeling a little more fatigued than usual, but I was taking care of a newborn and I have a, at the time a five-year-old son. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that I'm going to be tired. Um, I went to the party along with my husband having a good time, still feeling overly fatigued and then started feeling a little disoriented. Um, I couldn't really see straight. It was hard for me to focus on conversation. And then and I felt really hot, hands getting clammy. I went to the bathroom, splashed water on my face, figured, okay, maybe, you know, something's going on, but not anything to be too concerned about. Uh, then I went back and when I sat down almost immediately, I had that sharp pain in my chest and then that tingling down the left arm pain radiating to the back of my neck up into my jaw. Uh, and that's when I said, whoa, this something, something is terribly wrong. Didn't suspect that it was a heart attack at that time because even with me being a nursing assistant, I had been an athlete my whole life. I didn't know that women had heart attacks or were susceptible to having heart attacks in their postpartum period. Um, but at the time, I told my husband I couldn't breathe. It felt like my chest was just being crushed, like it was in a vice. And I said, you know, we have to leave. He, of course, joked around and asked me if I had too much wine. <laughs> and I said, no, I wish, but no. Um, and we rushed to the hospital. All the while I was still feeling that crushing pain in the chest. I was getting nauseated and then eventually vomiting. Um, got to the hospital. My husband wheeled me in. I told the receptionist everything that I had been feeling. I first and foremost chest pain. And she kind of looked at me, asked me, oh, well, what were you doing prior? And I told her, oh, I was out at a dinner party for the first time since having my son. And she began to tell me that, oh, it's anxiety or panic attack. You'll be fine. And because I knew myself and because I knew how my body reacted to different stressors, um, I knew it wasn't anxiety. I knew it wasn't a panic attack. So I told her, no, I want to be seen. I'm going to stay and wait. And she kind of rolled her eyes and said, all right, you can just go into the waiting room right there and you'll be called back. And it probably took about 30 minutes before I actually got called back. So um, 
when I finally went into triage, they couldn't understand what was happening to me. They didn't know why my EKG was kind of inconclusive, but it's because of the type of heart attack that I was having, unbeknownst to anyone at the time. A more senior nurse, for whatever reason, walked by and she took two seconds and said she's having a heart attack. And then instantly it clicked. Everything that I knew about heart attacks, it really was happening to me. Um, everything was kind of a blur. They rushed me into the back. They tried to give me all the standard things that they give you, morphine, oxygen, all nitro, all those things to try to alleviate the amount of pain that I was in and nothing worked. So I had to be rushed to another hospital. Um, eventually the cardiologist that worked on me and saved my life, he placed a stent. And that's when I found out that I had a SCAD, which caused my widowmaker heart attack, which, you know, only one in four normally survive. And from that moment on, it's just, it's been a whirlwind, even 12 and a half years later. And I just remember feeling so alone and isolated and thinking, why? Why did this happen? Why didn't I know that it could happen? And, you know, why are more people not aware? There are so many questions that I have for you in your experience. <laughs> and, you know, your story is one where you were just very lucky that a woman senior nurse walked in and said she's having a heart attack because there are so many people that don't get that one person who like light bulb moment goes right. off. But you were a nursing assistant and I think it's really important for women listening to this podcast to understand that women don't always have the typical feeling. Like you did have the chest pains, you did have the radiating feeling down your left arm, but for some women it could be back pain. It could, can you talk a little bit about how the symptoms aren't always the same for men and women. Right. So men have, you know, those typical clutching of the chest because they have that sharp pain and they have the tingling. That's those main things happen to men. But with women, like you said, it's very different. It could be a headache. It could be a back ache. It could be, you know, just tension and pain in your shoulders, in your jaw. It doesn't necessarily have to include that chest pain. Um, and I'm not saying every single ache and pain is a heart attack. What I want people to understand is when you put things together, you need to get yourself checked because you'd rather be safe than sorry. Um, also, women could experience indigestion, heartburn. Those are other indicators that could mean something is happening. Um, so it's very, very important. And I know for me, I was fortunate enough to understand my body. So it's really important for women, particularly, to understand what their body is going through and to listen, listen to your body, because your body will give you clues as to if there's a problem. Yes. And, you know, another thing that you bring up in the book, Book that has brought up so much is you went into that emergency room with with chest pains, told you had a panic attack, told to wait thirty minutes, and I have a sister that's a nurse that always says if if you go in for any reason, tell them you're having chest pains. But you were sent to wait, and I know for women of color, for women, 
how they are treated so differently than men. Can you share, I know in your book you share some of the statistics, but can you share how this happens to women and particularly women of color? Yeah, unfortunately, um, women are seen as being dramatic. So sometimes when we say something is wrong, oftentimes we're dismissed, unfortunately, because we're not as dramatic as men are when we're sick. But in, I mean, in all seriousness, women wait 30% longer when they're having some sort of heart-related issue to actually get checked. And then when they finally get to the hospital, they're treated. Um, it takes 20% longer for them to receive any kind of treatment, anything that's a baby aspirin, you know, even to just be seen, anything at all. So it's really unfortunate. And I think a lot of times it's because we have this assumption that women are dramatic or women can shoulder so much. And with black women, Hispanic women especially, we're seen as being loud or you know, overly dramatic. And we're also seen as being able to handle pain better than, you know, a white woman, which isn't true. I know people of all walks of life <laughs> who some can handle it and some cannot, male and female. Uh, so really, another, one of the reasons why I wrote the book was to kind of address this bias that people in the medical field do have. And I remember when I went back to nursing school um, after my heart attack, I remember being taught these things. I remember, you know, my professor saying, you can't have these. These are the stereotypes. This is wrong. And yet still within society, within the medical arena, uh, you still find, unfortunately, people just dismissing us. I've even had a psych consult called on me once uh, a few years after, because I went back to the hospital with chest pain, having had a history of a heart attack. And they, they just thought I was crazy. And I said, no, I'm not crazy. I know myself. Stop and listen. Um, and until we all can understand what really is happening and all of us get united and fight for it, people just aren't going to listen, unfortunately. Also, you talk about the, I'm just going to say PTSD, but the trauma afterwards, because that's very relatable. People don't really talk about the fact that after you've gone through such a traumatic event, you have to jump back into life. And for you, you had two small children. What was that experience like for you? Um, I remember being in the hospital recovering and a, an older gentleman came in. And he tried to give me something for a support group. Well, people in the support group, you know, they already lived their life. No offense to them or anything, but they were, you know, in their senior years. And I was just starting. Um, so there was nothing that I could relate to with them. I felt very alone. I felt very isolated because no matter where I went, even when I went to um, the doctor's office, I was always the youngest person in the room. And that's difficult because human nature, we want to connect. We want that camaraderie. We want someone who understands what we're going through to help us get through it. And I didn't have that. And I had to kind of push certain 
feelings down because so many people expected me to be a certain way because visually you don't see that I have heart related issues. People think you're okay. And including family and friends, you know, they say, well, I don't understand. You look fine. Well, yeah, I look fine, but inside I'm still healing. And you start to kind of remove yourself and go deeper within yourself because no one, or you feel like no one understands. So it was very difficult to kind of, on the one hand, need people, but then on the other hand, feel like you can't rely on anyone or open yourself up because of judgment, because of expectations, whatever the case may be. It took a long time for me to get back and try to balance everything. It wasn't easy. It's not easy at all. And I had tremendous PTSD. Um, I had to seek medication for it because when you're living or at the time I was scared to live, um, my heart attack happened during one of the happiest times of my life. And so in my mind, I just kept thinking if it can happen when I'm happy, well, it's just going to happen again at any point in time. So I'd rather not do anything at all. Eventually, I know my husband just kept saying, you know, you can't live like this. Where's the old Keisha? And I cried because I knew that the old Keisha was gone. You know, I had to, I had to mourn her and I couldn't move forward until I recognized that. And I couldn't move forward until I accepted the fact that it really happened. This is something that's part of my life now. And I have a new normal that I have to create for myself. Um, I'm very fortunate to have my husband and family that were able to support me, but it was a very long road, an extremely long road. And I just figured one day that I am doing, or it's such a travesty for me not to live when so many people before me didn't get the second chance that I got. And we're going to take a break. We'll be back in a moment. Vichy is a French skincare brand recommended by 50,000 dermatologists worldwide. They have over 30 years of expertise in menopause skincare, and their Neo-Vidiol line helps your skin look and feel radiant. Learn more at VichyUSA.com. Vichy is a proud sponsor of Hot Flashes and Cold Topics. And we're back. And one thing I feel like a message in your book is that you really give women a voice to advocate. Be an ad, be your own medical advocate in that situation. Can you, I mean, for you, you share in your book, you know, how long it did take you through certain points and how frustrating that could be. Uh, I'm amazed when I read it, just how, what's, a, what's something you would tell a woman that really needs to hear that you need to advocate, be an advocate, even when you feel like everything is going against you? So on my website, actually, I have this phrase that um, I came up with when I did a speech. It says, be dramatic. No one will fight harder for your life than you, which is true. If people want to assume that women are dramatic, let's show them what dramatic really is, because I can I can 
really be that dramatic. And when it comes to saving your life, that's what you have to do. You have to take um, control and you have to fight. But you also have to educate yourself enough so that way you have confidence in the words, in your voice, so that you can be heard. And don't stop until you are heard. That is extremely important. 2022, you were selected by the American Heart Association to be one of 12 spokeswomen advocating for women's heart health in their Reclaim Your Rhythm campaign. How did that come about? And what is the campaign like specific? Obviously, it's heart health, but can you tell us about the campaign as well? Yeah, sure. So Go Red for Women is a part of the American Heart Association, and their goal is basically to bring about awareness for heart disease in women, um, whether it be raising money for research, advances in technology, um, more educational, uh, you know, things to be put out to different communities or even holding events where we're checking blood pressures or giving people information on where to go to get your blood pressure checked um, or, you know, diet and exercise and all that. So in 2022, um, I was selected. I had to submit a video prior to, and it just so happened that that particular year, everything kind of came together for myself and I was selected. I had submitted something a year prior and I wasn't selected then. But I think in my experience, everything happens for a reason. You just have to remember that. And, you know, there's a time and place for everything. Uh, During 2022, I got to know some amazing women. I got to know other patients, other advocates, and it has been an amazing sisterhood. It's, I, I never had the ability to just be me in a conversation when it comes to medical issues, you know, because eventually you get this kind of morbid sense of humor <laughs> because of what you through. And sometimes people are like, oh, she's joking about that. Whereas with my heart sisters, they get it. They understand, oh, if I say, oh, I'm traveling, I feel like I'm bringing a pharmacy with me. They understand because they know that all the medication that requires for you to live, you have to drag along with you. Um, So yeah, it was a great experience. I still volunteer with the American Heart Association whenever they need. Um, As a matter of fact, I'm going to be doing some things on their support network. So that way I can help other women who are either pregnant or postpartum if they have any questions about anything at all that I can kind of talk them through, give them advice. Um, I started volunteering with the American Heart Association back in roughly 2019. Um, I had had knee surgery and I needed something to do. You know, when you're a nurse deep down, when you love to help people, it doesn't stop. So I figured if I can't work, I'll volunteer my time. And that's kind of what got me started and brought me to being able to be selected in 2022. You know, with the American Heart Association, it seems like after reading your book, that kind of was such a healing process for you. And I mean, when I was reading your book, I thought, how did she ever do this? How did everything that happened to you, I thought, Oh my goodness. You are very, you're a very driven person. I don't want any other woman to experience or have to hold their daughter dear because someone didn't listen to 
their daughter. You know, I don't want with cardiovascular disease being the number one killer of new moms. I don't want another woman or I don't want a family to have to bury, you know, a young woman or a child to be without. So a lot of my drive comes from that, that notion that every life is precious here and now. What are we going to do to protect it? What are we going to do to change the future so that we have a future? And just based upon what I've been through, I felt that I survived for a reason. I cannot allow things to just keep going the way that they are and not do something about it. Um, my husband says that I'm overly altruistic. <laughs> and be that as it may, I don't know if it's because I'm a Virgo or what, but I have, I mean, my my heart, is, I have a very caring heart. My soul, um, deep within my soul is this desire and this fire to really help others. And I'm not happy unless I do. <laughs> well, that is very altruistic. So your husband is right. I would ask you, because I think it's important for the listeners to know, there was no family history, right, in your family of heart problems. Um, what is the likelihood of someone who has had this SCAD experience having it again? And what do you need to do to avoid that? What medications, like how much, how much is involved in keeping yourself healthy, especially during a, a third pregnancy? So with SCAD, there really is no way to avoid it. If, if it's meant to happen, it's going to happen. But I usually tell people, you know, why not make sure that your foundation is solid, meaning diet and exercise. Why not make sure that from the beginning, we're teaching our kids how to eat healthy. And I'm not saying that you have to eat salads every single day. I certainly don't do that, but make healthy choice options. In my house, uh, when I was growing up, we didn't have a lot of sugar or soda or chips or anything like that. So I truly believe because my parents helped me build a solid foundation that helped me recover. Um, I don't know why I didn't pass away like so many other women have before me. I think that because of my athleticism and because of just the way that I was, I was healthy. Like you said, I had no family history. I think those factors truly did help in my survival. Um, women in general also, because mental health affects physical health, we have to pay attention. We have to learn that self-care is not selfish, that it's actually selfless because when you take care of yourself, you are able to take care of others, but you have to make yourself a priority. Um, we have to just pay attention. There's no for regular heart disease, um, you know, you need to avoid smoking, you know, drinking, you know, fats, high salt, things like that. You have to know what your family history is in order for you to address if there is a risk. With those who have had SCAD, unfortunately, many women are healthy and, and it just suddenly happens, whether it's because of hormones or, um, 
other uh, connective tissue disorders, uh, you know, you just don't know if you're going to be the one. So you have to ensure that you're doing what you need to to protect yourself, to protect your body. Um, I think, let's see, I'm trying to think what the percentage is, but for a person who has had a SCAD, I think it's roughly 10% that they are likely to have another one. But just like with SCAD, you don't know if you're going to be part of that 10%. So it's very, very important that you, you know, go to the doctor, get those things checked out. If there's something wrong, fix it. So that way you know what your baseline is, where you should be. Um, When things happen, we have to be open and honest about it. We can't go to the doctor and think, oh, well, something happened to me two weeks ago, but I'm not going to bring it up because, you know, that pain went away. No, talk about it because that could be an indication of something else. And our doctors can only treat us for what we tell them is wrong. So you have to be open and honest. And on the flip side, you have to understand that medicine is a practice. So doctors practice medicine. Not one doctor knows 100% of anything. So it's okay to ask questions. It's okay to get a second opinion. It's okay to fire your doctor and go to a new one. Do what you have to do in order to make sure that you are well taken care of. And if you have that superwoman syndrome, then that's what you need to do. If you're not here to take care of things, who's going to be? Too many times, especially with older generations, um, they assume that, you know, anyone who's in a position of authority, they know everything, so they're not going to question. No, that is gone. There's been too many cases of people being misdiagnosed, women being dismissed, um, and it truly affects the rest of their life, if not also, you know, may affect them living or dying. So we have to ensure that we are using our voice, that we understand that they are providing a service, just like when you go to a restaurant, you know, (laughs) this is still a service. You're paying for this person, whether you want to think about it or not, you pay into insurance, they pay these doctors. So make sure that you're getting exactly what you deserve. It's so true. And Keisha, we are so grateful that you are doing well and you're you're giving back so much to the women's health community. So we want the listeners to make sure to check out your new book. Congratulations again on that Sonata for a Damaged Heart. And best of luck on the book and your health. And thank you for coming on today. We appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I really, really appreciate this opportunity. And I hope that, you know, everyone, if anything, you know, they take charge of their health and say, don't dismiss us. Amen <laughs> to that. Yes. We want to thank Keisha so much for being on our show today and sharing her story. It is so important. And just get yourself checked out. Go to your doctor, just like Keisha said in the in our conversation. Don't put it off. And when you go to your doctor, tell him the little thing that was bothering you two weeks ago. Because it could be something. You never know. And I know that it's so hard sometimes to remember. I know I leave the doctor's office and I'm like, why didn't I say that? If Take notes. To write it down. That's right. Write it down. Take notes. Go to your doctor visits. 
with a little note in hand of, with questions. They work for you, just like Keisha was telling us, they work for you. And thank you so much. Don't forget to rate and review us. We're going to be talking to Spotify and Podbean to get us back <laughs> on there. Follow us on social media. We have a wonderful Facebook group. We have a great Instagram account that we love to share things on. Uh, we are on TikTok. So make sure that we're on YouTube. So make sure that you follow us. You can catch these videos on YouTube as well. Have a great week, guys. We will talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.